Hello, and welcome back to the Cynthia and Peggy show, where in each episode, we, Cynthia and Peggy, focus on a specific topic, and we share our personal experiences, stories, and insights around that. Today, our topic is, what is user acquisition? Ooh. <laughs> I'm so excited for this, because I'm so ready to pick Peggy's brain, because she's totally a UA expert, and <laughs> I'm a UA noob, so I want to learn everything from you and I'm excited to learn a ton yeah I will try my best to explain you way um, but obviously I'm not an expert I've only been doing it for two a little over like two and a half years um, <laughs> and I'm still learning too so yeah there might be questions that I won't be able to answer fully but I will try my best okay <laughs> sounds good um, yes so let's just start off broad and um, I'm going to ask it kind of in like a question answer format. So okay. what is user acquisition? Yeah. So I think it's pretty clear in the name. It's all about acquiring users, but I think more specifically it's through paid channels. So as you know, there's like ads on like Facebook, Instagram, um, YouTube, blah, 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 et cetera. And those are all called sort of called media buying. And that's a lot of what user acquisition does because a lot of times you have to spend money to attract new customers. Um, but obviously a part of that too comes with like organic users, like mm -hmm. organic installs or organic like views going to your website or whatever it may be. So part of it is also like optimizing your app store page, um, whether it's like SEO, um, whether it's like your creative sets on your app store. So there's sort of a lot of different things within user acquisition, but I would say media buying is like the biggest part. Interesting. Huh? I, I think this is really interesting because I see a lot of roles that are like specific media buying roles mm -hmm. and, um, it makes it seem like very different, but it's actually so integrated. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I think there's just like also a lot of terms when you're job searching for user acquisition. I've also seen like customer acquisition. I've seen growth um, and like media buyers. Mm -hmm. So there's, they're kind of all similar, I would say. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. Got it. Yeah. Um, okay. So what are some of the main channels you use? Yeah. So I think even just as like a customer, when, for example, when you're on Facebook, on Instagram, you see a lot of ads. So I would say the biggest ones right now are Instagram, Facebook, mm. Um, the Google properties, aka like YouTube, or when you're searching something on Google search, um, that kind of stuff. I'm sure you've all seen ads like that, but sometimes we're not aware of these things. Mm -hmm. um, of course, there's also ads on like Snapchat for anyone who's still using it. Um, you know, like Twitter, Pinterest. Um, and also a big part of this too is also, you know how people download games or mm -hmm. whatever apps on their phones. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure you've got, you guys have seen like ads in those apps. Yes. So, yeah. So we also are able to buy that inventory from like video networks. That's what we call them from these, oh. for these other channels, you usually buy from them directly. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So, yeah. um, is there any sort of targeting that comes to play? So for example, if you um, segment your target audience and you're like, okay, I'm trying to reach mm -hmm. Gen Z. So therefore, yeah. you know, I'm going to put, uh, put all of my dollars into um, buying Snapchat ads. Is there yeah. that kind of thought process integrated in, or is it just kind of you um, separate it among these different channels and you kind of stick to a routine? 
Yeah, so definitely, I think for for definitely for someone just starting out with media buying is also just identifying your audience because mm-hmm. it's like, well, if you're sort of like a TikTok app or something, then obviously your demographic is younger. Mm-hmm. But if it's more of like, oh, you know, like a birth control app, then obviously your demographic is a little bit older right. and like female oriented. Mm-hmm. Um, so obviously that's sort of your first step. And most most of these channels have the ability to segment by age or definitely by gender. Um, so I think that's like a super easy thing to do, but, um, I would recommend usually, unless you're a very specific app or like, you know, for a period tracker, then obviously it's for women. Yeah. But for the most part, I would start with just like going broad because usually these channels have optimization strategies that they will find the best audience for your product. So you actually don't have to do that work yourself for the most part. Oh yeah. Yeah. So a lot of them are like, for example, like Facebook, Instagram, and Google, they have a lot of machine learning algorithms now where based on how people are reacting to sort of your ad, they will sort of identify your best like target audience, which mm-hmm. is very cool, I think. Yeah, wait, okay, that's also really interesting because I thought, I always thought that in UA, you guys are the one optimizing, but it seems mm-hmm. like all of these different um different platforms already optimize pretty well yes so can you walk us through kind of like a day-to-day or what like tangibly you actually do at work yeah I guess what first off going back to sort of the optimization strategy so I would say like a year or two before that ago like but I guess I would say more and more we're moving the direction of like having the channel sort of have more control and sort of be automated Mm. in the past it was very manual so in the past you would be very specific in your targeting like oh like interest targeting on Facebook like people who like these brands like people who like these pages I want to target these people Mm -hmm. like being really specific about it that used to be what was best Mm -hmm. best practice but we're moving in a direction where they're applying all of their like machine learning algorithms whatever it may be and so you for us as like media buyers we have less and less control um and we're sort of like letting the channels do the optimization and i think they're doing a really good job Mm -hmm. i think facebook and instagram is sort of the leader in all of that um google is catching up um so i think it's sort of like there's this trend of shifting towards just more like automation on Mm -hmm. the channels um but i would say like day to day we still do have to do a lot of optimization because between the different channels the quality of users are very different. Mm-hmm. So we're consistently looking at sort of, you know, the LTV or the ROI of these users um, coming from different channels. Because for example, like Facebook and Instagram usually has the highest quality users. So they are the most expensive to acquire. But once you acquire them, they're like um, sort of their intent to purchase your subscription or your product is usually higher. Mm-hmm. Whereas for video networks, like for example, like in a gaming app, the cost to acquire a user is much, much cheaper. But a lot of times, you know, they're incentivized to download your app, right? Because then they get points or, like, coins in the game. Mm -hmm. So they actually just end up, like, deleting your app after they install it to get the coins. And so they actually don't convert to any, like, subscription or they don't actually buy your product. So it's very interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so you just threw out a ton of... a lot of UA lingo. So I yeah. want to ask you about a couple of the terms that um, yeah. you mentioned. And I think um, some of the stuff you mentioned are kind of key KPIs and metrics. So mm-hmm. um, can you first off talk about what quality of a user is? And then you also mentioned um, LTV and ROI. Um, yeah. Can you go into all of those KPIs as well? 
Yeah. So I would say the quality of the user is pretty much just like the ROI or the LTV. It's just like how much value they bring um, once you acquire them. So, and that usually for most companies is revenue. Mm-hmm. Obviously, it depends on like what your company's goals are. So for example, um, I know of companies, for example, that have focused on the engagement rate as opposed to like how much money they're spending. So like they wanted their users to be very active on the app and that was their main KPI. Mm-hmm. So then in that case, maybe for them, a top quality, like a good quality user is someone who's very active on the app, not necessarily spending money on the app, if mm, that makes sense. Got it. So and it's then kind of, a, yeah. I'm going <laughs> to um, just step in really quick. So um, KPI for those who don't know is key performance indicator. So ways mm-hmm. to like um, measure kind of the goals that you set out. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for that clarity. <laughs> yeah. Because I remember when I was, um, a lot younger before I even got into, you know, any sort of finance or marketing that was all mm-hmm. really foreign to me. So right. I just want to make sure that we, um, yeah. use like, you know, understandable lingo. So, okay. Yeah, continue. Definitely. Sorry. Um, so yeah. LTV ROI. Yeah. So LTV is more just like in the entire lifetime of a user, what is their, sort of value and that's most for the most part it's just revenue so like for example let's say it's like over a two-year like lifespan how much revenue is this user bringing in and you sort of do projections where you calculate for example just like obviously like how much let's say your subscription is and then looking at the frequency like of their purchase rate Mm -hmm. um in their lifetime and also like churn rate so you're just doing like projections like that all of these calculations coming in sort of give you that ltv um mm, okay sense. so you yeah. use um past data that you have to project yes. out what could happen in the future and the lifetime value of that customer yes Got and it. so when you do your ltv projections it takes into account like your roi so roi is usually i mean obviously you can look at roi on day one you can look at it on day eight you can look at it on day 30 yeah. 90 whatever it may be whatever you want to look at whatever matters to you but ltv takes all that into account Um, so yeah, I would say LTV is more like a high level thing that you don't look at on a daily basis because it's not going to change day to day. Mm -hmm. Um, but the ROI, obviously there's a lot more fluctuations there. Why is there more fluctuation and ROI is return on investment? Yeah. So if you just look at like the daily ROI, obviously there's going to be different fluctuations. Um, because sometimes for example, a channel is just like not performing that day. Or for example, one day a channel is really good or you had, you put in a new ad, like a new creative Mm. and it's really strong. So then, then maybe that one day your ROI was really high. Mm -hmm. So that's why there's like day-to-day fluctuations. Mm. Um, yeah. So how come, so you mentioned, um, sometimes like a channel is just doing really poorly. If there isn't anything new introduced, why would a channel be doing poorly? Yes. So I think one of the biggest things to understand is that all of this is kind of an auction mm. um, because you're not the only person, tra- you're not the only advertiser out there, right? right? There's like, there's like Amazon, there's other apps, there's just like a bunch of other competitors and you're all trying to like sort of get your same creative to the, maybe not the same, very similar people because it's like people who are maybe willing to purchase or people who is sort of just falling in your target demographic. So for example, like TikTok and like my company, probably compete for very similar users Interesting. and so like what determines which user gets what ad right and uh-huh. it's all an auction oh. so it all comes down to like your bid got it okay yeah so if your channel is performing poorly a reason could be because your um your competitors are outbidding you yes got it that's what that's definitely a possibility or for example 
um, maybe all of your creatives are sort of fatigued. So like, it's just kind of time for you to have new creatives, whether it's like ads or images or text, whatever it may be. So it's just like a signal for creative fatigue. Mm. Or it could also just be like, for example, you know, recently, I guess I feel like Facebook and Instagram has had a few outages and that drastically affects your performance because that means you maybe lost like 40% of your inventory. Yeah, actually, this is really timely because there was that day when I think Instagram had this whole something was going on. Oh, my God. Yeah. And I know a lot of people were very frustrated, people working in UA because you spent you, you know, were prepared to spend all of this and your campaigns were driven on, you know, making sure the platform was functioning and it wasn't. Yep. Yes, exactly. And that's when like, that would drastically affect your CPMs, which is cost per a thousand impressions. Mm. Um, because if you don't have the same amount of inventory and you still have everyone competing for trying to serve the same amount of ads, then obviously the cost per like a thousand impressions is going to go up. Right, right. And so your overall cost goes up, right? And, and then your ROI goes down. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Because ideally yeah. you want to keep costs down and keep ROI. High. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Got it. Yeah. Um, are there any other key metrics that we haven't gone over? Mm, I guess outside of those, just like what goes into ROI is obviously just like revenue mm-hmm. and like costs. And then obviously we look at like cost per install or like cost per click, like that kind of stuff, cost per impression, like just like you can break it down into so many sort of layers mm-hmm. of the funnel. Um, so it really just like depends on what you value. Got it. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Um, whoa, that was super technical, but I feel like that was a really great explanation of a lot of things that are really good, critical to UA. And I feel like in a lot of UA interviews, this is definitely a key question that people ask. Yes, definitely. Yes. Okay. So back to more of the (laughs) lighthearted stuff. Um, so something right now I'm kind of in the process of, um, job hunting and Mm -hmm. I've noticed that at a lot of startups and even at a lot of you know, mid-sized companies, there's this really, this like push for user acquisition. And Mm -hmm. um, you'll see listed under marketing is user acquisition growth. And there's no sort of high level strategy or go to market strategy roles. So why do you think UA is so important to startups and just companies in general? Mm -hmm. I think it's sort of a very easy it's like very easy to take that first step because literally anyone can go into Facebook and Instagram and Google and start buying ads. It's so easy. And like, that's sort of a very easy first step because for these startups, like they want to even see if there is, is even a market for their product or their service, whatever it may be, mm-hmm. or maybe they're still trying to define their value proposition, trying to identify their target demographic. I think UA is also a really good way of helping you understand that as a new business. Um, but obviously also to keep your business running, you would, need to bring in users and bring revenue right and Mm -hmm. so ua is kind of like a guaranteed way to do that because Mm -hmm. when you spend money usually you do get users who come and then like users who spend money whatever buy your product buy your service and so i think it's just sort of like a very logical like sort of first step when Mm -hmm. it comes to marketing Mm -hmm. um and then i think down the line then when you actually have the resource and the time to like afford thinking about like oh what is our branch or what is our strategy long term I think that's when you start thinking about those things but when it's very like grassroots it's all about bringing in the users Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah yeah um that makes a lot of sense I think I think your point about just being the first step is something that's um 
just really important. And I think a lot of companies and startups now are really valuing this more technical and data heavy approach um, Mm -hmm. towards marketing instead of just kind of throwing something out there and hoping it works. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So my next question is, what do you think makes UA so difficult? Mm, I guess (laughs) who said it was difficult? I think it's difficult. Well, clearly, you, you mean don't like think difficult to get in or difficult to understand? Both. Okay, I think what part of why UA is kind of like when you Google stuff. I mean, there is stuff now that you can read about online, but it is relatively new. If that it makes is, sense, yeah. Like, yeah, com- you don't like compare to like let's say finance or accounting. Like, it's like that has been around for like hundreds yeah. of years, whereas user acquisition is like especially for, like, the paid channels, it's, like, a relatively new thing with the rise of, like, you know, smartphones and, like, um, like these social media channels. Mm-hmm. So I think that's why it's sort of a hard and sort of a new thing that people – you don't, like, really hear about when you're in school. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's sort of why it's sort of difficult to, like, do research on it to get into. But I would say, like, it's actually not that hard once you actually, like, get into it it's actually really interesting and a lot of the skills that I think you learn in school easily apply to it and I think we as like you know young people we use all of these Mm -hmm. channels so I feel like we do have a strong understanding of all of these channels um yeah and then what else and then I guess what makes UA more and more difficult for advertisers is just the growing competition because as you mentioned now all of these startups are also focusing on user acquisition Mm -hmm. so they're also entering the auction Mm. right so now it's sort of like it's not like a saturated market but it's just like a very competitive Mm -hmm. market and so as an advertiser you always have to think about how you can stand out and also just keeping on top of all the latest like features and optimization strategies and best practices because Facebook is always changing their algorithm and changing their features too Mm -hmm. so just making sure you're on top of that I think that's what's I guess very exciting about UA Mm -hmm. and also kind of difficult I guess Mm -hmm. so you mentioned all of these best practices and staying on top of features so do these channels release white papers or have some sort of connection with you guys so that they're keeping you guys on top of it or how do you get all of this Mm -hmm. up-to-date information yeah so because as a, we spend a lot of money on a daily basis, so we have assigned account representatives for us that we do, like, bi-weekly calls with us, oh. and they give us sort of product updates, and we talk about testing together, we talk about strategy together. But, of course, for smaller companies, where your budget is not as high, you don't have these, like, assigned representatives. Mm-hmm. So what you can do is, obviously, Facebook has, like, great just, like, case studies online. Um, and also there's a lot of meetups really like in the industry that I always like whenever yeah there's actually a lot of like I think like weekly there's like UA meetups or something like that and I think that's a really good place to start where you can just meet people and like talk about your strategy Mm -hmm. um, and learnings so I would say that's sort of like an easy way to start and obviously online resources there's also a lot yeah 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 so we've talked a lot about kind of the changes to user acquisition with the market becoming a little Mm -hmm. more saturated and people coming in. So where do you see UA going in the future? Yeah, so we sort of touched on this already. So it's sort of going in a direction where it's like more automated. Mm -hmm. So in the future, you'll sort of have fewer UA people um, because a lot of the control is now on the platform or there's a lot of SaaS platforms out there that sort of have they do like artificial intelligence where basically right now we use a SaaS platform with our Facebook and Instagram campaigns where they actually optimize your campaigns 
um, you give them a budget and you're like, okay, spend in this country $5,000 a day. And they actually go in and change your bid. They change your budgets. They test new targeting. They test your creatives. And they do all of that for you. Like, I didn't do mm-hmm. anything, basically. And obviously, still, it's, like, in early stages. But I think in a few years, like, that's going to be very advanced technology. And they're probably going to outperform, like, actual humans. humans because, yeah. Because yeah. um, naturally, there's so, human error and, you know, anything yes. that humans do. Yeah. Yeah. And humans like sleep. Yeah. Right? So like when we're sleeping, who's optimizing? Oh, so optimization is like a 24 hour thing. It can mm. be or it also doesn't have to be. So it's like kind of up to you. Um, and also like what you value, like, do, do you value performance or do you value like volume? That sort mm-hmm, of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Got it. So where do yeah. you see all these like UA people headed in the future if everyone has gained these skill sets and um you know Mm -hmm. all these robots or automation they're gonna come in and um take up all these roles where do you think people are gonna move (laughs) do you think it's better for us normal marketing people (laughs) that's what I want to (laughs) know I feel like whatever I feel like at least from what Mm -hmm. I've seen people who do well in UA go on to sort of the next step for them is no longer UA. They sort of just move up to sort of be like VP of marketing or CMO mm-hmm. because a lot of the learnings, because mar- marketing is so data-driven now. So I feel like all the learnings from UA sort of help you succeed in other aspects of marketing. Mm-hmm. And because you have that very quantitative background, it sort of helps you, sets you apart from other people, right. if that makes sense. Um, so a lot of sort of my more senior like coworkers or mentors have sort of become just like, They've run, they're running all of marketing now, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I definitely see the value in UA, and that's why I think, for me, I'm definitely more on the qualitative, very much on the qualitative side, um, where it's a lot of Because you choose to. I think you would do well. In what? (laughs) In, like, UA, like, quantitative. I think... I think my, yeah, I don't know. I, I just feel like it's such a foreign world to me. And um, mm-hmm. I do want to gain, you know, an understanding of it. But I feel like it's really difficult unless you actually do it on the job. So um, yes. do you feel like someone who, you know, has not actually experienced it can truthfully fully get that data-driven picture? Or do you feel like there has to mm-hmm. be, like people who are more qualitative like me should do some sort of like course online if there's even something available or just read up on it so that we're you know more aware Mm -hmm. I think there's definitely a lot of resources online like I said whether it's just like blogs or articles or I've also seen like webinars or just like video lectures about it interesting so okay yeah so definitely recommend that um what was I Sorry, I can't remember what I was going to say. (laughs) But I would also just recommend, um, I think one really cool exercise, which I've never done, but I've thought about Mm -hmm. doing is just like, because like I said, Facebook and Instagram ads are sort of just like so easy. Anyone can do that. Like you can do that too. You can drive people to your Instagram profile or whatever it may be. And so what I would recommend for someone who's actually really interested in getting to UA is just like setting a personal budget for like, oh, let's say $50 a day. And, like, launch a campaign, whatever you want it to be. And I think that's where you can really play around with, like, everything that's on Ads Manager and all the features and all the metrics available. I think that's super cool. And it's, like, I think it's worth the $50, mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. know? Um, so I would definitely recommend that. Are there some caveats to that? Is that, like, boosting your post on 
Facebook or is it mm-hmm. like using your business, starting a business profile and then actually like launching something? So it's not the same thing as a boosted post. Okay. Um, it's like actually, so anyone, I think anyone, basically all of your personal Facebook accounts ties to ads manager. So even my personal Facebook account, I can launch ads and I can launch ads of anything. Oh. So I can even just create a fake ad too. That doesn't actually drive to anything. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Interesting. Yeah. But yes. you can just, yeah. So you can just play around with the targeting, even see what optimization strategies they have, what the creatives look like. Mm-hmm. I think that's a really fun exercise. How do you do that with Instagram? Um, Selfish so reasons combined. <laughs> <laughs> so they're actually combined. Um, they're all available via the Facebook ads oh. manager. You just have to pick like, oh, I only want to do Instagram. Hmm. So basically like Facebook and Instagram are all together. Got it. Yeah. Cause they're one, yeah. you know, yeah. Facebook buttons. Yes. Okay. Got it. Yeah. Um, cool. Yeah. So let's wrap it up. So my last question is, do you have advice for, um, people who are looking to get into user acquisition or trying to understand more of it. I know we covered a little bit of it, but um, mm-hmm. just wondering if you have any other tips. I think aside from just like doing our research and maybe like do, running a test campaign, also just like meeting up with people in the industry who know about UA, because I think that's where you can really understand what companies do on a day-to-day basis with high budgets. Mm-hmm. Um, also like just, I think it's really important to be really good at Excel um, and just like playing with like numbers and understanding data. I think that's one of the biggest things for someone to succeed in UA. Um, can you talk? But yeah. can you talk a little bit more yeah. about the Excel? Like, are there specific functions that people should understand, or mm-hmm. what do you mean by you know understanding the data? Yeah, so I think the biggest thing is obviously pivot table, which I think a lot of people mm-hmm. know, but also just like how do you create a great pivot table that helps you really understand your data um and so like you know like slicers or like calculating like just like all these formulas like the mm-hmm. bookup formulas so i think it's just like how do you manipulate a giant like sort of mess of data into a way where you can like have beautiful graphs or like be able to spot trends very easily so i think that's what's super valuable got it Okay. Yeah. Awesome. This was yeah. so, so informative. I've already learned so much Yay. within this past 26 <laughs> minutes we spent talking about oh my gosh. Um, <laughs> I hope this is actually really beneficial for other people. And I think it will be because UA is an incredibly huge industry and a lot of people are trying to get into it. A lot of startups mm-hmm. are, you know, really, really working and growing out their UA teams. So I think this is a really um, timely and beneficial piece. And I think, um, mm-hmm. It'll continue to serve me. I'm definitely going to re-listen to it mm-hmm. and um, hopefully a lot of other people. So thanks for sharing. <laughs> yeah. Thanks for having what? me. Well, well you're the here. co-host. <laughs> I'm a guest today. <laughs> Except I have to do Yeah, I know, ending. right? I was like, wait, cue the ending. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, that is all for our podcast this week. If you'd like to submit topics to us and share our feedback, we'd love it very much. You can do so by direct messaging either of us on our Instagram. She'll leave it in the description. Thank you so much for tuning in, and we'll catch you on next week. Yay! Bye! Bye.